Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Good News with Angie Austin. Now, with the good news, here's Angie. Hey there, friend. Angie Austin here with the good news. We are interviewing the author of Move to Millions, the proven framework to become a million-dollar CEO with grace and ease instead of hustle and grind. The author is Dr. Darnielle Jervey-Harmon. Welcome, Darnielle. Thank you so much for having me, Angie. I'm excited to be here. Oh, you are so welcome. So give us an overview of your book. Move to Millions is the book I was born to write, and I was really it was placed on my heart to write this book because there are a lot of business books out there. And what is missing by and large in many of them is the recognition that strategy alone will not get us to the million dollar mark in a way that we can sustain it. If we just look at the small business landscape in the United States, there are 33 million small businesses and only 4.2% ever cross the seven figure mark. Of that 4.2%, only 78% of them actually sustain it. And if you look at populations of women, 1.9%, or Black women, 0.5%, there's clearly something besides strategy at stake in getting your business to and beyond the million-dollar mark. And so in Move to Millions, we we highlight our proven framework, which is a five-pillar framework, strategy, sales, system, support, and success mindset. And it has been an centrifugal part of helping our clients, over hundreds of clients, grow their businesses to high six, seven, or even eight figures as a result of understanding the significance of putting these five together in a way that's going to serve and support where they are. It also includes my own personal story and powerful anecdotes of many of the things that I've encountered in my life, not just in my entrepreneurship journey, as success clues and lessons that the, today's entrepreneur can leverage and be inspired by so that they take the strategy that they have and they combine it with success mindset so that they not only build a foundation that will support a business that will take them to and beyond the million-dollar mark, but they do it in a way that serves and supports all that they are in the process without having to compromise what's most important. Well, I'd love to go over the pillars a little bit more. One thing I think like right off the bat that I notice is obviously beneficial to you and being a woman as well, that um, I, you know, face some of some, some of the same challenges is your public speaking ability. And I think, um, you know, as women, there's so many things that go into that, you know, the way that we appear, because I do think in a way yeah. we start off before, behind the starting line a little bit, especially if we didn't grow up with any money. So we're behind the starting line already. And so then the education obviously helps us. And then our ability to communicate with others and then the way we present ourselves, like those are things that if women don't have those, I just don't see them making it at all. It's so difficult already. And we have to have like this armor, you know, this like this um, backpack full of tricks, or I shouldn't say tricks, skills. <laughs> and um, yeah. if we don't have those, I just don't see it happening. So all right, so you've got the you're a great public speaker, you're well educated, you present yourself extremely well. So then how do we work on these five pillars, go through some of these? Absolutely. I think that, and just to really quickly add to what you just said, I think the other thing that goes against us primarily as women too, is that as little girls, we're taught that we should be seen and not heard. 
And so we grow into entrepreneurs and small business owners being afraid to be seen and heard. And so we don't talk about our businesses. We don't charge what we should be charging. And therefore, we don't get to get to the level that is possible for us. So when I think about the five pillars, strategy being first, strategy is absolutely important when it comes to having a business, right? And most business books talk about strategy. For us, strategy looks at five specific things. It looks at the problem that you solve and how you package it. It looks at the price point that you associate with that problem that you solve. And this is the problem that your most ideal clients have been unsuccessful at solving on their own. We also are going to look at your positioning or the messaging that you use to talk about the problem that your client has and the solution that you provided. And then we're going to look at your promotional strategy. How do you actually get your message out to the masses so that they can see it self-select and move in your direction to get access to your solution. And then lastly, under strategy, we look at your profitability. I believe that we need to start profiting at the transaction level instead of waiting until the end of the quarter or the end of the year to see how much profit we actually have. And so helping our clients to understand the role that strategy plays and customizing that for them and their business, because every business is different. Even if you technically do the same thing as someone else, the strategies that you employ might be different based on the part of the problem you desire to serve. From strategy, we move on to sales infrastructure. Well, we know, as Mary Kay Ash said, nothing happens until somebody sells something. You don't even have a business if you're not getting sales. I want our clients to learn how to get leveraged sales opportunities. So instead of getting one yes and one sale at a time, I want them to learn how to get many sales at a time. Think about how you can change the trajectory of your business if you are able to bring on 10, 50, 100 clients all at one time. Mm -hmm. And so we pioneer strategies that are going to allow them to get leveraged sales opportunities. From sales, we move into systems. Systems make your millions predictable. It also reduces the amount of time you need to be actively engaged in your business because you can put your systems in place, which gives you a level of automation. Mm -hmm. Systems include not just the standard operating procedures, but also the software and the tools that you're going to utilize to deploy the strategies that are going to bring your most ideal clients to your virtual doorstep. Mm-hmm. So S, uh, the support is for your team because you, I know there's a lot of people talking about being a self-made millionaire, but there really is no such thing. Right. You're going to need people to support you. If you're doing everything in your business, your business is not going to be scalable. And then success mindset runs through strategy, sales systems, and support. It's the part that is often missing in business books. And it's, it's beyond thinking that you can do great. Most of us come from environments where we were taught fear lack and limiting beliefs just by watching those who reared us. And if we don't know how to radically dismantle those limiting beliefs, they show up consistently in our lives. And so a big part of this work is helping our clients to understand that these beliefs are in fact limited. Like if you look at the word belief, there's a lie right smack dab in the middle. 
most of the things that we believe and hold really, really tightly are lies. Lies we've been telling ourselves, lies that have been passed down into us for generations, and we are not even realizing that those lies are keeping us from what it is that we say we desire instead. And so we take this entire framework, all five pieces, we integrate it together strategically to help our clients make sure that as they're working on their strategy, they're also working on their success mindset. As they're learning how to sell in a leveraged environment, they're setting up the right systems and they're doing all of this while building a lean team to support their efforts so that they can truly be the CEO and not a one trick pony inside of their company. You know, you also mentioned, um, you know, I see life and faith mentioned and your God assignment and how you can deepen your connection uh, while, you know, building your business per se. So can you talk a little bit that about that as well? Faith for me has been like the biggest foundation, you know, for me in my life to help me through my career. I did TV news for many years and now I do my own radio show, obviously, and podcasting uh, for my own <laughs> studio because I've got three kids in high school. So that transition out of the TV news business to doing this um, worked a lot better for me um, to, you know, with my family. But that was because my ministry yeah. became my kids and not my ministry becoming, yeah. you know, other things that maybe I used to do. Now I've really got to focus here with them. So let's talk about your Absolutely. how faith mixes in for you. Yeah. So for, similar to you, faith is everything. Like not just the way that I was raised and how I've developed my own personal relationship with God, but we live in a country where our money says in God we trust. Our politicians in every speech with, and God bless America. We are not agnostic to understanding who God is and the role that he plays in the center of our lives. I believe that businesses that have a spiritual foundation go farther faster. I believe that the confidence that ensues that allows us to do some of the really awe-inspiring things that entrepreneurs accomplish, it happens because of our faith. It happens because of our center. It happens because we recognize the significance of our creation and whose image we were created in. And we allow that to inspire us beneath the surface to get up and to do the work that is entrepreneurship. Every day is not sunshine and rain, rainbows when you're an entrepreneur. There are some days where it's a torrential downpour. And your faith is that guiding post that keeps you going when you understand why what you do has so much more impact. And so for me personally, I couldn't imagine being this woman doing this work without God by my side. In fact, I believe that God is the CEO of my company. Mm -hmm. I am the steward over it, mm -hmm. but I'm literally executing the vision that he placed on the inside of me before I was formed in my mother's womb. And I've come to such a time as this where it was important for this message to get out into the world. I remember when God first gave me Move to Millions, the movement that I am the founder of. I remember having goosebumps all over my whole body because I had been praying for my movement, my way of impacting the planet. And to be doing this work today, to have written this life and business changing book, and to know that it's going to be in the professional library of every entrepreneur in the world. And as a result, not only will their businesses flourish, but we will create financial legacy for generations and generations. The Bible says a wise man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. I believe that with my book, Move to Millions, there will be a lot of wise men out there leaving an inheritance to their children's children because I put everything that they need inside of this powerful book. 
I love it. I want to talk a little bit about, we've got a couple minutes left, um, your transition from corporate life uh, to becoming an entrepreneur. You know, so many people have difficulty making that step. My husband started a company uh, 10 years ago that went public and um, it was extremely stressful. Let's put it that way. Um, But, you know, doing well now. And then my son, when he was 12, started a business. He's 18 now. He's a senior in high school. And he had a meeting this morning to try to scale it. They're going to build a website where he can do his vintage clothing and his high-end Nikes and the high-end sneakers he resells, like to have a, 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 oh, nice. a yeah, I know it's crazy. This kid's so into into being a businessman. <laughs> um, he wants to get his MBA as well. And so, um, tell me about that transition because fears come into play so much. And I know that as Christians, you know, God Absolutely. can guide us to make that jump and hope that you know when we jump off the cliff, you know, count on God having our you know parachute packed. But m- many people Absolutely. have difficulty making that transition. So. You've got about two minutes. Tell us how you did that. Yeah. So, you know, first and foremost, fear is real, but fear is also an indication to recognize that your next level is present. And so it was back in 2004 when I got the the jolt, when I had the realization that I was not meant to sit behind someone else's desk. I did not have a plan. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I knew that I could always bet on me. My whole life has been about disrupting, limiting beliefs and breaking belief barriers. And I was willing to take the chance to see if I had what it took. So I left my good job as a vice president to start my own company. When I first left, I was in Mary Kay Cosmetics. I got some pink Cadillacs and became number one in my state. And then I transitioned into what is today Incredible One Enterprises. And the entire time, I did it afraid. I did it as if I knew I couldn't fail because God had my back. And the truth of the matter is I didn't fail. Even when it didn't go the way that it should have, it was a lesson. So I believe that there's no such thing as failure. You're either winning or you're learning. And what I learned, I was able to pivot and transition into what has made me the successful multi-million dollar Inc. 5000 CEO that I get to be today. And I wouldn't trade anything for the journey that I've had because it is what allows me to understand and to speak to people on the level where they likely are when they encounter me. So I'm really grateful and excited to have had the journey that I've had and to have accomplished what I've been able to accomplish. And Darnielle, where's the best place for our listeners to find Move to Millions and you? They can go to movetomillionsbook.com. Movetomillionsbook.com. And I'll find you on social media too. What a blessing to have you, Darnielle. Congratulations on your success and all you're doing for others. Thank you so much, Andrea. I appreciate you. Nebraska is listening to the Mighty 670 KLT Denver. Arc Thrift needs your small furniture and electronics donations now. You can donate that end table or folding chair you've been meaning to find a new home for. Smaller sized furniture that can fit in your trunk and home goods like blenders and air fryers are items that Arc badly needs right now. They make it easy by unloading your car and your donations help people with intellectual and developmental disabilities, the primary mission of Arc Thrift. ARC has high demand for small electronics like speakers, soundbars, Bluetooth speakers, and turntables. And once you donate, you can shop in the stores for your own treasured finds. Each ARC thrift location has over 5,000 new items every day. So there is always something new and exciting. Every ARC thrift store keeps their shelves fresh with new merchandise, so each new purchase will be special to you. ARC's donation centers are open from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Saturday. Sunday donation hours are available as well. To find the nearest ARC Thrift Donation Center, go to arcthrift.com slash donations. 
Hey there, friend, Angie Austin and Michelle Ron. We are here with the word of the week and some chit-chat that we hope you find encouraging and inspiring. Our friend Beatrice Bruno, Drill Sergeant of Life, often joins us once a week as well, but she's made that move to Georgia, so keep praying for her as she, uh, you know, drove down there alone with her moving truck and is getting everything situated and trying to start yet another new life in yet another new state, about the fifth move or so in the last several years, so... uh, praying for her for sure. Welcome, Michelle. Well, thank you. It's always a delight to be with you, dear Angie, and your audience. Thank you. Now, you always talk about, uh, you know, the word of the week, and sometimes you have not as much to say, but this week you told me, like, I've got a lot to explain with my word of the week. <laughs> well, a, a little bit more than, than usual, and I, it just takes a little bit of, of uh, explanation where I'm coming from on this. So are you ready? I'm so ready. Okay. Well, the word today and for the month really is thankful. And that just sounds like I can see eyes rolling and going, oh, yeah, all right. Thankful, thankful, thankful. And yes, you heard me correctly. And yes, it is November that we focus on being thankful. But I would like to propose something different to all of you out there. So I know that if we are each asked for what we're thankful The majority of us would say, oh, my family, my house, my job, et cetera, et cetera. Those are such general and they're all fine and they're good. But I want and I challenge each of us to think deeper and more specific. For example, right now we're living in a chaotic world, at least in my opinion. And um, we see things around us that we We just can't even wrap our brain around. We turn on the news, and I immediately turn it off. And there's immediately in front of the picture in my mind not to be thankful. So I think, as I talked about a couple weeks ago, the word focus, um, we need to get into a habit of finding something for which we are thankful. So that kind of sounds, yeah, good, 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 but... I don't think I'll really follow through with that. Well, I'm going to invite you to really follow through. Let me tell you where it's coming about. Um, In 1999, I had some major health issues in the month of April. And Thanksgiving of that year was rolling around, and I wanted to focus on what was good instead of all the icky stuff that was so focused in my life. I invited a few friends over to my house, mainly neighbors, for a thankful party the week before Thanksgiving. Uh, and the e- it was the evening, and it was, um, again, Angie will smile at this, and so will my friends. It's the teacher in me, because I didn't want us to just come and sit, because you know what'll happen. It'll, we'll start talking about aches and pains, we'll start talking about the world, and that is why I wanted to have them over. I want literally a thankful party. God, what is it that you have given me that I'm going to focus on. So when they came over, I, um, we all sat in the living room. Keep in mind, there were just a few of us and we always start with some food. My, um, my inclusion in some food was always chocolate. Mm -hmm. I wanted to learn something new. I believe that it's important to keep learning no matter what age we are. Um, I brought out a book review, and my daughter did the book review for me. And then we ended the evening by a service project. Um, Again, I'm a teacher. I wanted to focus on kids and 
God's kingdom. So more specifically, I wanted our conversation to, as we did these things, for example, as we learned a craft or as we did our service project, which we'll talk about in a minute, I wanted our conversation to be focused on something specific for which we're thankful. In my case, one of my examples was, well, in 1974, I was thankful that my school staff bought me one year's worth of diaper service for my brand new baby. Now, people today, mothers today don't even understand that, but it was such a godsend to me. And so uh, our conversation the whole evening was spent on what we're thankful for. And the the, um, uh, service project, I've always done the Operation Christmas Child boxes. Uh, Each person just brings eight of one item, and we lay them all out on the on a table, and then we fill a box for either a boy or a girl, and we can pick the age that we want it. And then it, it's just an easy thing. But um, when the party started, it has grown over the years now, and I've, I've absolutely loved it. But I'm suggesting that if you are interested to start one, you know, begin with two or three. It doesn't matter. Just maybe your neighbor on either side of you and fix some food. That's, you know, as a teacher, we work for food and coupons. And, uh-huh. and it just is good. So maybe you could suggest to your neighbor, they could bring an item, um, obviously eight, eight items of, uh, I'm sorry, of one item for the Christmas child box, but in, they could bring something for which they really like. For example, a certain kind of shampoo or a certain kind of whatever that they have used that really works. It's just a wet matter of conversation and and focusing on a little thing of what we're what we do. But now is the time, and you could you could just email an invitation to your neighbors or whatever. It doesn't have to be a big big production at all. Not at all. Um, in my case, the party grew and it grew, and so I ended up dividing all the guests guests into four groups and they would rotate so in the kitchen they the when it was their turn to go to the kitchen my daughter was teaching them how to make special k bars it's chocolate you know it just works and she handed out the recipe then they would rotate to the master bedroom and my other daughter would give a children's book review um suggesting something that's a good gift, either for a, a person, a child, or a library. Then they would rotate into the dining room, and in there they would learn a, a, a Thanksgiving craft, a very easy one that my wonderful friend would teach them. And then finally they went down the basement, and there was all there were all the items for the Operation Christmas Child boxes. And, and that yes, that that's a lot to do. And I'm I'm saying to you, start small. Just keep it small if you want to and invite a few friends. But I will tell you, I started this in 1999, and I have friends that have expressed over and over how much this season means to them because they focus on getting into a habit on something that's little, but it means a lot to them. And it just I just feel we have to focus on God. And, of course, we believe that he is in control. But we need to do something for our responsibility to make the world a better place, even if it's just the person next door. So 
And my word is thankful, and I am thankful to be able to tell you all this, and I'm thankful that we have a God that loves each one of us. He has our name, your name, my name on the palm of his hand. Don't ever forget it. Don't ever forget it to know that he loves you. And I love you, too. Thank you. Ta-da. All right. Ta-da. I like that. So for the Christmas box, explain that to me a little bit more. Like, where do they go when they were done? How many do you make? It sounded like you make around a dozen or ten or, like, Oh, we how, ended up with 75. How many? <laughs> 75. Uh, but that was that's with a bigger party. Okay. Have you heard of Operation Christmas Child, Angie? It's Franklin Graham. Yes. Yes. Okay. So you can get the boxes. You can, you can go to their website. Um, I believe it's OperationChristmasChild.org. And the boxes used to be free. This year, I'm, I'm doing the thankful party at a church. And... Um, their their budget is limited and so we are i collected and my my people in this little church very small church we collected just shoe boxes because the shoe boxes from the operation christmas child are they're expensive for our budget so um my daughter decorate decorated she wrapped in christmas wrap each of the boxes so then, say for, say, for example, if you're coming, you bring to my door eight items of the same thing, and you put it on a table. For maybe, it's a, um, maybe it's a coloring book, and because you've picked a child five to seven, and you've picked a girl. And so you uh, put it on the table, uh, you go find a box, and you just start picking up items that will fit into this box. When the box is full, it, it, and now you're, you're filling one box, that's it. That's all you're doing, as everybody else around you is filling a box. Then the um, website of Franklin Graham gives you locations of where to take these. There are all kinds of locations um, that you can. There, the distribution center is right here in the, the south end. Well, there's more, I'm sure. But the distribution center for me would be in the south end over by the Lone Tree area. And my daughter and her husband have worked and volunteered in the distribution center. And it doesn't matter the size of the box. It truly doesn't. Their boxes are all the same size, but um, obviously shoe boxes these days are different sizes. So that's right. fine. But does that answer your question? Is that? Yes, yes. And so then does everyone go home with like a couple of the Rice Krispie chocolate bar things? Oh, yeah. And like what, what what do they leave with when they, when okay. they go? All right, what do they leave with? Oh, I love that you asked this question. Um, okay. I'm not sure if you and I have talked about my knitting, and I only knit one thing. Potholders. Dishcloth. Oh, dishcloth. Yeah. (laughs) And so so here's here's my story. Do I have time to tell it? Yes. Yes, we've got about uh, two or three minutes. My daughter said to me, um, as I was knitting in front of the TV years ago, she said, Mom, what? what? You've already given a dishcloth to everybody you know. I think... She said, you just need to relax. And my answer to her was, this is how I relax. I, this, I love doing this. I don't have to think about it. It's just, I've done it for 100 years. This is it. So then she says, okay, Mom, I think we need to start collecting your dishcloths. And when you go home to live with Jesus, we'll give them out at your, at your service. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, Angie, I now have... And I took her up on it. I love the idea. So I, my grandkids have helped me wrap 
fold up a dishcloth, and inside the dishcloth, I put a little poem that explains what it is. I've washed them, and I've done it with vinegar so the color doesn't fade, yada, yada. And I have 500 dishcloths <laughs> in my basement, in, all ready to be handed out when I go home to live with Jesus. So I started with the thankful party, and they every guest went home with a dishcloth. And yes, they either ate their chocolate or they took it with them. But yeah. I love this. This is (laughs) so crazy. It it makes me smile. (laughs) And that they're all down there. And that, you know, and then most people are like, oh, 500, you might have extras. No, they'll probably need more and people will be fighting over the dishcloths at the funeral. No, but this year it is, I am pleased because uh, we do have about 100 people coming to this. It's called Giving God a Thankful Party. Um, and at, at my dear little St. James Presbyterian Church, and we're so excited. We are, uh, several of us are making special K-bars. It is a brunch, and love to have anybody come if they'd like to. It's on the 18th, and it's it. Uh, you can buy your ticket at the door. But anyway, point is, we have a catered brunch. Then they will have their um, special K-bars. We have an author coming to give a children's book review that she has written. And my other daughter is giving another book review for an older child. Um, We don't have time for a craft. So when they leave that morning, I am handing out to them a dishcloth. So that's their craft. And then they are filling the Operation Christmas Child boxes. I love this. We're out of time. But Michelle A. Ron is Michelle's website if you want to reach out to her. Michelle A. Ron. Uh, Thank you, friend. Love you. Thanks for letting me share. Love you. Thank you for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin on AM 670 KLTT. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.